Good morning. It's January 30th. It's a gray morning here in New York City yet again, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The lead story in the New York Times is an update on how it was that the weekend drone attack in Jordan managed to kill three Americans. The explanation is that an American surveillance drone was returning to base at the same time the attack drone arrived, which caused the base's air defenses to overlook the incoming attack. These new specifics of the incident, like the general outlines of the incident, seem pretty grimly arbitrary as a reason for a superpower to consider escalating war, but you could say the same for a lot of big wars through the years. At the jump on that story, and then in a separate story on the inside page, it jumps to. The three dead soldiers are identified. They were an electrician and two heavy equipment operators with an engineering unit of the Army Reserve based in Georgia. What does it mean that our reservists are assigned to active duty and getting killed in a country where we're not officially at war? That's just how we do things. Like when the Green Berets got killed in Niger. When you have armed forces this big, you got to put them somewhere. The number two story on the front of the Times is basically the same story the Times had yesterday. Incrementally advanced from being about Israel accusing the United Nations Relief and Works Agency in Gaza of being involved with Hamas, to being about the effects of those accusations on the provision of relief to Gaza. But it's basically the same story, with the addendum that, in addition to saying that 12 members of the agency, again, less than one-tenth of one percent of its employees, participated in the October 7th attacks on Israel. Israel is now also saying that 1,300 members of the agency, or 10% of its employees, are members of Hamas. The other new wrinkle in today's coverage is a discussion of intra-Israeli disputes about whether this was really the wisest time to try to put the relief agency out of business. The Times writes, Some Israeli military officials believed it was a mistake to unleash a Fuhrer, according to three Israeli officials involved in the discussions, because the agency's collapse would leave a huge administrative and logistical vacuum in the middle of a humanitarian crisis. I would be happy if UNRWA would be closed, said Elan Paz, a former Israeli general who dealt with UNRWA during his time in service. But, you know, there is no other organization, Mr. Paz said. Israel's failure to think about how it might replace UNRWA was one of several gaps in the government's long-term thinking about the war and its aftermath, he added. Several gaps in the long-term thinking. You don't say. In other less-than-airtight long-term thinking, the Times puts four reporters on the story of how the Biden campaign is gearing up for the general election, framed up by the notion that Biden is moving quickly to pump energy into his re-election bid because, the story goes on to say, Donald Trump seized control of the Republican primary race more rapidly than Mr. Biden's advisors had initially expected. What exactly did Joe Biden's advisors think was going to happen in the Republican primary? Did they think Chris Christie was going to slug it out through the first dozen primaries or so? Who in the world, outside the Times reporters who went to Iowa and New Hampshire, had the least illusion that anything was going to happen but Donald Trump immediately seizing the nomination? Did Biden's people believe what they read in the newspaper? But this is the same political operation that was shocked and unprepared with a response when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on more or less exactly the terms that had been leaked months in advance. Also, the story says that Team Biden is really going all out to try to get Taylor Swift's endorsement. It's almost unimaginable that anyone could manage to lose to Donald Trump in his current deranged, decrepit, discredited, and incipiently bankrupt condition. But Team Biden seems committed to making everyone imagine it. Further down the page, more than ever, teenagers see a bleak future. Two different polls released yesterday, the Times writes, 
show that Americans between the ages of 12 and 17 are anxious about their lives, disillusioned about the direction of the country, and pessimistic about their futures. Surely the Taylor Swift endorsement will turn all of that around. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we will talk again tomorrow. Hello, this is your pal Joe McLeod, the producer of the Indignity Morning Podcast. Please check out FlamingHydra.com right now. FlamingHydra.com, F-L-A-M-I-N-G-H-Y-D-R-A.com. Do it. Thank you.